Hello, friends, and welcome to a midweek mini-ish Kings of Anglia podcast. The sun is shining at Heath Towers. I've just been for a run. Town have got the first win of their season under the belt. Anthony Joshua is fighting this weekend. The British Bake Off is back. I'm very excited about that. And another reason to be positive, friends, and cheerful is because my friend and yours, the most popular king, the big porker, El Porcino, Mike Bacon, is on the show today because Andy Warren is on holiday. Mike, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Heath. It's very nice for uh, to be here, obviously, again. Um, yes, I, I, I was inundated, uh, inundated yesterday with emails and comments of where I was. I, I you know, I, I know, I, I don't know what to say. It's great to be back. Obviously, I'm I'm happy to be here. And um, it's a joy start. I've just been to the dentist. My teeth are A1, which you'll be pleased to know, which is good news. That's a good start. Um, so I've been to the dentist. Um, yeah, the sun is shining here as well. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, great, great. I'm, uh, so much, so much excitement. Um, Town are going to win their second game um, of the season on Saturday, which is uh, which is great. Um, and I'll be reporting on it as well because I've never actually seen them lose at home this season. They never lose when I when I'm there, so that's good. And also, even better news: Kings of Anglia magazine is in Planet Blue now. Is it? So it's available to buy now, Mike. Available. Go there before Saturday's game and pluck up four or five. Copies, you mean? I, I meant copies. <laughs> yes. Just remind us. So it's got Joe Piggott on the front. Um, Joe, Joe Piggott, Macaulay Bond, yep. Lee Evans. Oh, I've done oh. another little feature on Paul Mariner as well. The great legend that is Paul Mariner. Um, and lots of, oh, we've got we've got Dive Attractor Girl. We've got Steve Mellon. We've got, oh, Chaplow Day. Portman Pete, of course. Portman Pete has also done his ex outstanding article. Yeah, can... So, um, can anyone who buys Kings of Anglia, please let me know. Give me feedback on Portman Pete because Mike and I have something of a disagreement about Portman Pete's value to the magazine, shall we say. So um, if you're a fan of Portman Pete, let me know. If you're not, which I suspect many of you won't be, let me know. Let's see. Let's find out, shall we? Mike, it's tremendous to have you with us. As you know, you're the, the most popular king. We get complaints you. when you're not here. Hutchie's very kindly agreed to go on holiday so you can come back on the pod. It's, it's very big of him. Um, you'll be sitting next to the man in the top right of my screen, Stuart Watson, who went all South Bank show. We'll, we'll go into that in a minute. Stewie, how are you? Looking forward to this weekend? Yeah, very much so. Be the boy Bacon next to me. I'll be good. What's the, dynam- what's the dynamic like? Because obviously you and, you and Hutchie are quite similar. You're quite low-key uh, in the press box and generally in life. Um, with, with Bacon sitting next to you, he's a little bit more kind of combustible, isn't he? Is it a bit, is it a bit more dynamic there uh, on the uh, covering the, the match day with Bacon? It's all for the cameras, Mike. 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 Sort of when when the when the light goes red, Mike comes alive. But I would say we're we're the opposite in real life. I, I'm probably sort of a bigger character than than you see here, and it's vice versa with Mike. So we probably level each other out, don't we? Mike. Yeah. Of- I, I I ask a lot of stupid questions um, throughout the ninety minutes. I mean that I'm always aware of because Stewie often looks at me. He sort of looks at me glances when I ask my next stupid question, like. That was Fraser who crossed that, wasn't it? And things yeah. like that, because that's what I do. Um, I know it was Fraser. Um, don't get me wrong. I do know. I just, I just, I'm sort of sometimes a little bit needy. You know, I like a backup, you know, just to make sure. I like my reports to be perfection, which they never are. And um, <laughs> long you know, term, that you'd have to be a very loyal East Anglian Daily Times reader, consumer, to know that Mike Bacon and I have shared a screen before Bacon and Stew. Yes, you. Uh, if you go back a good 
crikey, 10 to 15 years, we were, we were quite the double act, weren't we, reporting on non-league? It's on YouTube. If you were to, uh, I think you can actually still find an odd clip of bacon and stew. Yeah, um, if you um, if you I, search I for, if you search for Green in TV, I should just add the roles are reversed somewhat now because you two were in front of camera and I was behind camera back then. When I was working you, on the on the web desk, I was your cameraman. Um, you're the man who made it happen, gassing you up, telling you how great you were. There is one incredible clip. Shortly, uh, it was around the time of Jedward, which dates it obviously in terms of how long ago it was. <laughs> Watson had hair. That's another reason to, to date it as well. Uh, go and see if you can find that because it's one of the most extraordinary things you will ever see. <laughs> Watson becoming Jedward behind Mike Bacon as he previews the weekend's non-league action. That's the sort of thing we used to get up to. Fire in the park. Uh, we were well ahead of our time. You boys were well ahead of our time. Um, I think Ross back then, I mean, Ross is obviously probably only about 10 when that was happening. Um, yeah. But he's very much he's very much here now. He's very much aged and he's very much got the best beard out of all of us. Roscoe, how are you? I'm very well. I don't know if, I don't know how I can top that. I'm just going to say, yeah. Do you even know like, Jed Gar? Uh Irish lads who has stupid <laughs> hair. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. I know. Do you know what me? You know, we did the whole um, Andy channeling his inner Kylie Minogue for player ratings. We then realised that afterwards that that Kylie Minogue can't get you out of my head. Ross was how old did you say Ross was, Mark? Five. Five when that came out. That that <laughs> made me feel old. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> can't apologise for that when you were being born, Roscoe, uh, and, <laughs> and youth. I mean, I've got. I've got, I've got to say, I think youth is largely wasted on you. Um, but yeah, pretty there much. You go. There you go. Um, you, you've got it and we haven't. So there you go. Right then, boys, let's dive headfirst into Ipswich Town chat. That's what we're here for. And before we get into the weekend's game, I want to talk, firstly, I alluded there to going Melvin Bragg and South Bank show. One of our number, Shuey Watson and his partner in crime, Andy Warren, went on a little date night on Tuesday, press screening, press showing of... Never Lost at Home, of course, our sponsor, the New Woolsey Theatre. They're great new show. We've done loads on it. We've done a, a special podcast. If you want to go back and listen to that. And Stewie, you and Andy held hands and sat next to each other in the theatre on Tuesday night as you watched the show. Um, your review, please. Loved it, yeah. Me and the work husband met up on Tuesday night um, for, for the showing of Never Lost at Home at the New Woolsey. And it was brilliant. It was really good. It was everything that was advertised by uh, your two fine guests previewing the, the show on the podcast. Um, first things first, Peter Peverly, who plays Sir Bobby Robson. That is uncanny, let me tell you. You've heard his voice already. is spot on. Grew up a few miles away from where Bobby Robson grew up. So the voice is spot on. He shares some similar facial features as it is. Once you get him into costume with the iconic sort of grey suit and uh, various sort of um, the, the training gear of the time. Um, yeah, it's, it's like watching Bobby himself. It really is from that time. So that was the best bit of it for me. A um, lot of humour in there as well. Some really good stuff. Um, the only sort of player of that time that they kind of play is... Um, is Arnold Muren, who sort of, uh, yeah, I won't give away too much of the storyline, but he, he's in there. There's some funny moments in there as well. Mike's not shaking his head. I know you're going. And the music's great as well. Um, another director said that, you know, music is like going to a gig and they've got a big band at the top of the stage, loads of 80s music from the time, but simply the best and tears for fears. Everybody wants to rule the world and Eye of the Tiger and all that. So music that kind of matches the various moments in, in that, that season as it unfolds so it was great and uh, I know they've got different 
players of the team from from uh, from that time, sort of coming out and watching the show each night. We had John Walk and Russell Osman on stage at the end, sort of uh, dancing a bit of a jig and enjoying themselves as the final credits rolled. So uh, everyone had a really good, really good time. Did um, did Andy take you out for dinner before your date? I mean, how did it work? What's the dynamic? Uh, no, sadly not. Um, I did say, do you want to go for a beer afterwards? He, no, just got on his bike and just cycled <laughs> home. So it's much like a real marriage, to be honest. Yeah. Just just to, just appear in public together and then go yeah. your separate ways, essentially. Yeah. Uh, Hutchie's not much of a kind of going out for drinks sort of sort of bloke, is he? Mickey, obviously you're going, um, like Stewie says, later on this week. It is very much your era. I mean, you are blessed, I will say, with the Matt Holland gene. You've looked the same for about 30 years. You, you don't yeah. age. But this period was, was absolutely when you were kind of um, in your element, wasn't it, in terms of town um, following, enjoying, uh, and other things you were getting up to. Um so you must be looking forward to, to going and seeing it on the stage. Well, absolutely. And I, I thanks very much, Stuart, for giving most of it away. So that's great. Um, yes. Yeah, so now I don't Spoiler really... Spoiler alert, they win the UEFA Cup at the end. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to going. And uh, yes, I'm very, I'm very, very lucky. I mean, I, I know some town fans get a little bit sort of, you know, oh, you were so lucky to live in that era of Ipswich Town. And I was. And yeah, I was a teenager. So it was great. And supporting Ipswich Town was cool. You know, you didn't have to support Man United or Liverpool. Um, and we were taking on all comers at the time. And, and, you know, we were just taking on all comers. I mean, Liverpool, you know, Liverpool, Manchester United came to Portman Road. We expect to beat these teams. I mean, they were, they were invariably top-level games, you know, second against fourth or third against fifth or, you know, top against, whatever. The UEFA Cup run was, was just, I mean, it was just another year in Europe to start off with. I mean, you've got to remember, we'd been in Europe year after year. This wasn't a new sort of fad of suddenly being in Europe. But wow, yeah, I remember I went to I went to I didn't go to the away matches. I and I went to only only, only home match I missed was Saint Etienne at home. We'd beaten them four one away. I missed the home gig, but I went to all the other ones at home. Um, very lucky. I mean, what a great yeah. I mean, just fantastic. It was, you know, when you How think, yeah, when you think what the team achieved, you know, a small town like Ipswich achieved, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Just outstanding. And a squad. I mean, the squad couldn't have been more than 14 or 15 strong. It's not a squad of 164,000 like you see on the back of a programme today. I mean, you know, um, players playing 60 matches a season. Fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm glad Stu and Andy enjoyed it. Um, and, and I'm glad Andy didn't go for a drink afterwards because he had his bicycle. And if he had fallen off on the way home, Stu, you would have felt very bad. <laughs> I would. Mike, just before we move on, I mean... It kind of is another reminder to me of like the, when you hear managers bleating about fixture congestion now, the games that Ipswich played that season to go so deep in all the competition, 60-plus games with a squad of, you know, with, with one sub and a, a tiny squad. Um, right at the very end of it, they were playing once every three, three days towards the end when some parts, you know, the FA Cup and the, the league kind of fell apart. But it's unbelievable schedule, wasn't it? Well, you got to remember they they got to the FA Cup semi final that year as well, you know, and were top second or they you know were, you know end up runners up in the league in the league, you know, and also had a good League Cup run. I mean, the League Cup not like today, unfortunately, where we get knocked out in the first qualifying round or whatever it is, but on August the fourth, I mean, you know, we're still playing League Cup fifth, sixth round matches in March and April, on top of the FA Cup, on top of being you know running for the league, and on top of all that, we've got these UEFA Cup runs, which of course are two legs; they're not even just one leg. The two-legged affairs. I mean, yeah, Ipswich Town were literally, I think, I can't remember, it was the Cologne match. They played Norwich City on the 
I can't remember, on the Saturday or something, and Cologne on the Tuesday and someone on the Thursday or something. Yeah, it's just bizarre. And as you said, lots of players played, lots and lots of games. Um, yeah. How, how, did, how, did they, how did they manage that, Mike? Because players, as we know, can't play two games in a week now. Uh, otherwise, they, they, they fall apart. And back then, they were playing 60-plus games. I mean, how did they manage it, mate? I mean, it's incredible, isn't it, to think. And, yeah. um, of course, pitchers were a lot heavier than they are today. Um, obviously, we didn't have such things as sports scientists then who um, spend, <laughs> uh, who spend a lot of the time today telling you that they can't play three games a week, if they probably could play three games a week. Um, often football, I don't know if footballers actually asked whether they could manage to play three games a week or they're just told they can't play three games a week. But I think back in the day, you weren't particularly told you can't. You were just told you're playing. Hmm. And that was it. And there was no... You know, the men, I mean, football, I think football's a lot faster today. It's a lot more athletic. It's a lot faster, a lot quicker. I'll, I'll give all that. I'm not knocking that at all. I think I just it just feels faster today. It's a lot quick, a lot, lot more goes on a lot quicker. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a game of football. And um, today, perhaps, I don't know, perhaps too many people in the background have got too involved. Players would probably play a bit more if they had the chance. I Back think. then. Back then, of course, they just were told they were playing and then whack this injection in your knee. Don't worry about it. You won't be able to feel, <laughs> feel your knee for the next three days. But don't worry about that, mate. Uh, let's win this game. Um, Rossi, just, just just compare and contrast there. Mickey obviously talking there, his teenage years, remembering mm. town in their halcyon days. And then he also had, obviously, the uh, the whole winning of leagues and playoff promotions, all that sort of stuff. You, young whippersnapper, your punishment for being young is that you can't remember anything good about town, I'd imagine. What's, what's the highlight of your Ipswich Town supporting life? Uh, uh, losing against Lincoln City in the FA Cup. Uh, <laughs> sure. I mean, I guess what the flight, is it? Would it be uh, the playoff season of under Mick? I mean, because you were how yeah. old were you when they were in the playoffs against West Ham under Joe Raw? That we're talking ten. So I just think about the, the big standout for me is uh, beating Crew six four at Portman <laughs> Road. That was uh, that was a good game. Um, I enjoyed that as a ten year old. I just loved us scoring goals, and I just knew. Under Joe Raw, we're just going to score more than the opposition. I know we're going to concede goals, but six fours, five threes, and all that sort of score lines. But uh, yeah, it's not been many highs. I just, as a kid, I just, I just enjoyed going. I didn't really care about the result. Obviously, the win, but you know, but it would have been nice to win something or do do something well. But I was born at the wrong time. By the way, going back to um, Stu and Mike's video, I've done a little screenshot of this. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Look at that. I mean, if, you, if you're just listening on audio, it, I would say usually, obviously, you should be listening and watching. You should do both. But this time, you should definitely, if you're just listening on audio, go back to this. We're about 14 minutes in and just flick. There you go. There is that screenshot. And the video is still out there. If you if you search, I think it was Bacon and Stew, wasn't it? Green and TV. I've just... Um, um, I've just sent it in our group chat, the video of that, that segment. So um, how many, we have that how, now. How many views are we talking on that now? I'd imagine, what, about 5 million, something like that? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I don't know where it is. Amazing. Right then, boys. So we talked about the good times. We talked about the bad times. And obviously the good times are very much back now at, at Portman Road. It's just town up and running. They've got a win. They've got loads of money. They've got loads of new players. They've got the win under the belt. They're back now at home this weekend for a proper a proper big game by any uh, estimation. Sheffield Wednesday at home against Ipswich Town is a big game with everything that's on it. And then also they're at home again on Tuesday against Doncaster. So this is a huge opportunity for Town to really build on that win from last weekend and really get up and running and make a footprint in the league table and start moving, moving day, as it were, to use a golf term. Um, Stewie, 
Sheffield Wednesday this weekend, it is obviously a big game. I know, obviously, I'm prone to hyperbole and, and saying everything's massive and getting all excited about everything. But this is, by any kind of qualification or definition, a big game. Um, there's lots of talking points about it going in. One of the ones I'm most interested in, and I want to talk about now, is the goalkeeper. Because we thought Ipswich Town's goalkeeper situation had been sorted. Christian Walton had come in as the kind of unquestioned starter following the shaky start to the season for Vladklav Hladke. Um, shaky is my pronunciation there um and then obviously on his debut they got tonked 5-2 at home by Bolton he then got injured before the last game Pladke came in and like a bloody hero kept a clean sheet as Town won so what do Town do now in goal do you stick with the man who's just got a clean sheet and has got a bit of confidence back you said he looked very solid indeed or do you bring back the man who you brought in to be the starting keeper what do you do Tough one, that, isn't it? We don't know yet what Walton's injury status is. We'll speak to Paul Cook in the morning. We're recording this sort of Thursday afternoon. So we'll, we'll find out a bit more on that tomorrow. It sounds like it was a minor injury. So Walton went over on his adductor in training. Paul Cook described it as one of those modern-day injuries, which makes you think that he might think uh, <laughs> players would have played, going back to our conversation just now, might have played in the old days. But um, Halaki was... A really good reaction at Lincoln. He didn't have loads to do because the defence in front of him, crucially, were much, much better. The two centre-halves, Edmondson and Burgess, were, were far more aggressive than they were against Bolton. Lots of blocks, lots of big tackles. But Halaki was what he had to deal with. He did very assuredly, whether it was a punch away, whether it was collecting a shot straight down his throat. So managers always talk about keeping the shirt if you play well. That sends out a bit of a message if you think, actually, you know, you deserve it was a clean sheet. I think that would be a real confidence boost to to, to Vasklav uh, if you were to, to keep him in again. So it's a tricky one, though, because Walton is a far more experienced goalkeeper. He was an ever-present for Blackburn when they finished 11th in the Championship not so long ago. He's on the books of a Premier League club. So everything suggests that he is the, the better goalkeeper on paper. But... Um, mm. Tough one, this. I don't know what I would do, actually, in the, if I was in, in Cook's shoes. I'm going to go around the room, so I'm going to go to Ross now. What would you do, Rossi? Um, obviously, we know you don't want to see Hagley play because you can't say his name. We know Thomas Holy's not going to play because he's got big-time case of fumbleitis. That's not happening. <laughs> um, so, who would you would you stick with a hot hand in Fladkey or would you would you bring Walton back? No. The uh, Vaz. Vaz is staying in for me. you got to yeah. keep him in. got a clean sheet. Um, luckily, I don't need to do the PA announcements, so that's fine. I don't need to worry about saying his name. But um, no, I think you got you got to keep with the man who's kept a clean sheet and he's got confidence. So he, he's going to be my man in the sticks. In the sticks, as opposed to between them. Oh, well, <laughs> is that the phrase? Yeah, well, okay. it's, a, it's, a Ros- it's a Roscoeism. We'll take it. He's going to be in yeah. the sticks. Mike Bacon, we've already established that you are, out of all of us, by far the most experienced coach. Coach of the Year 2008, official award. So you know what you're talking about. Um, the rest of us clearly do not. What would you do with the keeper? Well, you've got to play Walton, haven't you? I mean, it's fairly obvious. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't you know, you don't take a man on loan for a Premier League club and then tell, tell him after one game he ain't good enough. Um, yes, the, the astute is right. The abduct, abductor, I have no idea where that is. Uh, injury um, may be unpleasant. I'm sure it is. Um, but if he's fit, he plays. Um, Halaji, Halaji, what's his name? Halaji's had eight or nine games. Um, and clearly Cook didn't didn't think he was the man for the job, so he's gone and got Walton. Um, it doesn't it won't say much. 
I don't know who he'll say less about if Walton is fit and doesn't play, really. Well, it say, won't say much about Walton and it won't say much about Cook's judgment on goalkeepers if after one game he's decided, actually, I'm for the other one now. Um, <laughs> I, 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 get the, I get the bit about he's kept a clean sheet. Of course I do. I fully understand that. But saying that wasn't his first game, was it? He's had eight or nine games to, to, to grab his shirt and make sure Cook doesn't look for any uh, on loan goalkeepers. And unfortunately, he hasn't done that and Cook's gone and looked for one. I'd be... Very surprised if Walton isn't back tomorrow. Certainly, yeah. well, I, I, it's to do with fitness. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think if he's if he's fit, ultimately, all roads lead to Walton being your number one. So why why delay that just for sort of reasons of sentiment? You know, you're almost giving it as a reward to to Halaki for for one good game. Um, yeah, Walton's the better goalkeeper on paper, isn't he? So if he's fit, I imagine he will start. You're probably right, Mike. What is the um, before we move on? Can we just clear up what what the hell an adductor is? What is that? He's he's, he's fallen over his adductor. Well, he well, left it on the ground. What's he done? Adductor and abductor are different injuries, aren't they? Um, so, and we're not quite sure which Paul Cook said last weekend. I think the adductor would be your your hip, and abductor yeah. would be more your your stomach area. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but you, did you say he said he fell over his abductor? Doctor, I can't remember the phrase. He said he he went over on it in training. Uh, I hate it when you do that, don't you, boys? Go over like when Dean Gork, Do you remember when Dean Gherkin had a sore one and he was out, out for a few games with a sore one? We never still really... still my favourite ever Ipswich Town injury. Dean Gork, Dean Gherkin sore one. Um, Rossi, what else would you do with the team? Um, the the back four are set, aren't they? Now you're not going to bring KVY back. Dinashian's come in and done the business. The others, the fridge in the freezer, and Coulson, they're all set. We've got Walton potentially in goal by the sound of it. The boys reckon Walton. Um, what else? I mean, this is the final game, of course, in the audition process to be Sam Morsey's right-hand man. Uh, Morsey himself has spoken about Evans this week, saying what a good relationship they have. Uh, and also, obviously, the big question is what happens on the left? Now, I'd imagine we don't know. One of the frustrations of Paul Cadips, which town is we don't get much of an update on injuries. Carl Edwards clearly not ready to come back last week, but he goes straight into the team, clearly, doesn't he, if he's fit. What else would you do with, with the rest of the side, Rossi? Who are you playing alongside... Um, uh, who are you playing in midfield? Are you, are you bring Carroll back? Does he keep his space, his, his slot? Do you play him alongside Evans? Do you bring Harper back? What do you do? Yeah, Carroll starts for me, but then we've also got the warrior of Colson. He came off injured against Lincoln, um, although he must be fit enough because he did a, a school sort of thing yesterday or whatever he did. Under the trip, so is he is he fit? I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow, of course. I like um, the idea that you have to pass a fitness test to go and do a community <laughs> community event. If you, you know, Did he play like... for the school? Did he play for the school? <laughs> what, what happened? He scored forty. He scored forty-seven goals for uh, Witten, yeah. Witten Primary School. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Walton played in goal. Yeah. Um, but no, I think yeah, you got to keep that midfield there with uh, Carol and Evans. Um, and yeah, it depends on Edwards if if he is fit and roaring to go. Um, it's just yeah, it's all about what Paul Cook will you know reveal tomorrow, really, in terms of different players. Um, but if Edwards does start, then I'm unbelievable him and Selena, um, and then Burns on the right, and then my boy Macaulay Bon up front. Um, so yeah, I think that, we've got. Go I was just going to say that. I mean, at the moment. A few a few spots aside, the team pretty much picks itself, doesn't it? If players are fit, and that kind of front four you've just mentioned, Roscoe, for League One is terrifying. McCauley Bond, he's got five goals already, uh, should be six. You've got 
Selena as the 10, someone who should not be playing in this league. Edwards on the left. Um, who's the guy on the right? Uh, Burns. Burns. Third degree Burns on the right. That front four, unbelievable, Mike. Way too good for League One level, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, yes, the theory is absolutely correct. Uh, uh, he's the, he, he, that is too good for League One level. Um, it's extraordinary. Though. They're all sort of wingers, really, aren't they? If you went with Harp, um, Edwards, uh, Selena, Burns, they're all sort of wingers, really. That's sort of it's, it's strange to have a midfield attacking three of all sort of wingers. I don't think I've ever seen an Ipswich Town team before. Um, and obviously your man Bond is, well, Bond's just doing what, um, what you just dream of a, a striker to do, keep scoring goals and saying, you're not having my shirt. That's the end of it. And fair play to him. I think Bond has been... Outstanding so far, and I think he's been an absolute. I won't say surprise, but he's. I, I just think he's talk about grabbing your chance. I mean, wow, Piggott and Norwood are sitting there thinking rightly that I got. You know, at the moment that they'd be pretty peed off if they were suddenly taken out of the team doing what Bonner's doing. But well, yeah, it's like in in the summer, Mike. He said um, the classic line of a footballer: "I have to make myself." undroppable I have to play so well that the manager has got no choice but to play me but and you've I've heard that a hundred times from footballers over the years but the way Macaulay Bond said it against the backdrop of how much he loves this football club you believed it and he's, he's done exactly that he wants that shirt so much he knows that he has to make himself he has to go out and produce every week to make sure that he keeps getting these opportunities to play with that that badge on his shirt he's uh He's delivering, isn't he? Well, that's see, that's the beauty of having uh, a strong squad. In so much as Bond knows, just like Piggott suddenly was already now aware that if you don't do it, you, you're not going to start because there are strong players who will just will just have your shirt. So that you know, when, when people talk about you know Cook having all these lots of you know lots of players to choose from and all this, you know, but that's what he wants, you know, and that because that's what you should be driving towards. Um, you know, the situation with. You know, Bonds, as, as Stu said, classic example, make him undroppable. Um, but yeah, very exciting attacking, very uh, attacking um, force mm. uh, if if, uh, if uh, Edwards is fit. If all fit. Stu, what did you make of Mark Warburton's com- comments earlier this week about Macaulay Bond? Because obviously Bond is is the superstar of town starts to this point. Um, everyone's looking at, I mean, Andy uh, did a, a bit about how he's on pace to become a 20-goal league scorer for town, which has only happened twice in 30 years, which is incredible. Um, Daryl Murphy and David Johnson both did. I think Johnson did it twice. But when you think of all the other players, like of Marcus Stewart and Mark, you know um, Darren Bent, Canago, all those all those other players that didn't hit 20 league goals, it's remarkable. And Bond's on pace to do that now. And then just as we get the win, Stewie, town get a win. And then suddenly Warburton's being asked about recalling McCauley Bond. You think, oh, no, don't do that. What are you doing? And um, what did you make of it? I, I can't. This is such a specific situation with the the way that Bond holds this club in such high regard that I I find it's not like a usual situation where someone goes on loan and there is that fear of recall or is that that fear that their price is going up and they're you know almost pricing themselves out of a move. I just think sometimes things have to happen because for deals to happen in football, both clubs have got to agree. The players got to agree. And I just think Macaulay Bond is going to push so hard to stay at this football club for mm. A, for the remainder of the season and B, probably beyond that eventually the two clubs will... That any any idea of sort of game playing of QPR going, all oh, the price is going up here or trying to get some, some more interest from elsewhere or we might try and bring him back into our team. I just think 
what Macaulay wants will overrule all of that. And eventually they will have to, right, let's be sensible here. You know, he wants it to happen. You want it to happen. And and they'll they'll figure it out at some point. It's far too early for those conversations to be starting, but it, it just feels like something that will, will naturally have to happen at some point. I hope I'm right. Hmm. Just in case you haven't seen those, uh, Warburton asked about recalling Bond clearly after his, his hot start. He says, we'll see how we go. I don't think anyone would say that Lyndon Dykes, Charlie Austin, Andre Gray and Chris Willock are bad options to have. Players need to play. If Maka was here today, for example, and comes off the bench, does he benefit more from being out on loan and playing or by sitting on the bench in the championship? His job is to go out and score goals, and he's doing that. I'm delighted to see him doing that. So, yeah, they've started well QPR as well. Which, yeah. you know, if, if they were if they were having an injury crisis up front and not scoring goals and struggling, that that'd be a little bit different. But they've they've started all right. So, I've got no fears on that front at the moment. Mm. Let's, and, let's I think, t- and I think if if if, Warbur- if Warburton's letting uh, a striker go out on loan one minute and calling back, this is, goes back to the goalkeeper at Ipswich Tech, Walton again. You see. You know, as a, as a manager, you're going to be judged, aren't you? Fans will judge you, you know. If one minute you're saying Bonner's not, yeah, put him out on loan trips, that's fine. <laughs> Within sort of four weeks, that actually need him now, even though all their strikers are still fit. Then, again, your judgment's question, isn't it? What do you let him go for? Hmm. You know, and yeah, it goes back to the goalkeeper with Cook signing Walton. What do you pick him for? If, if what do you get him over here for? If he'll actually suddenly, um, Halaji, what's his name? <laughs> if suddenly, um, you're, you're worse than you're worse than Ross. You pronounce it's a very right? difficult name. It is a very. I, I don't often defend Ross because I, I well I just don't defend him. That's a simple fact. <laughs> <That's laughs> the rule. There's, there's, there's nothing to defend. But on this on this one thing, I do defend him. I think it's a terribly difficult name to pronounce. I mean, we have just chucked a G in there. I don't know where you've got that from. Yeah, I, I did enjoy more like a Romanian striker now. I did enjoy Mike your your pronunciation the other day. What what's what's a, what's a both a Mexican food and something you can put your uh, your socks and shoes onto? Oh, fajitas, fajitas, yeah, fajitas. Fajitos. <laughs> Get those. Were, I tell you what, they were lovely as well. Before you take the piss anymore, <laughs> I bloody love a fajita. I tell you what, I love putting the I love putting socks on my fajitas. Fantastic. Um, Boys, let's talk about something else. I want to talk. come to Ross now as the young person's correspondent KOA. Something else very exciting happened this week, Rossi. The FIFA ratings are out. And I know Mike has got FIFA history as well, so we'll come to him in a minute. But FIFA 22 ratings are out. Um, th- you said to me, we did a little video. Go and watch that now if, if you haven't seen it, where we went through the whole squad looking at the ratings and having a back and forth. So you said to me before we started recording, this is the first time in years that I've been excited about FIFA ratings for Ipswich Town. Yeah, there's um, just like this summer, you know, for the first time ever, we've got players who are actually good. Um, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to actually play them on, on the game itself. Um, you know, Burst and Selena is the obvious one. My boy Macaulay Bon. Um, sadly, they're, they're loan players. So when I do a career mode, I have to sign them permanently. So I'll have to spend the American money. But um, Carl Edwards is going to be a good player to use. He's got the skill moves. He's got the flair. I'll bring it up quickly. Here he is good pace and yeah looking forward to it but uh we'll see how i get on hopefully i can win the league with it town easy this year oh absolutely stroll it mate 100 points 100 goals i reckon um so yeah, for those of you who haven't seen it and, and are interested go back and watch that video because we go into depth on each of the players and look at their stats and stuff selena's the top rated no surprise there i guess walton second and your boy sam Morsey is in third mike um you are a father of two now Adult boys, I would say they're they're at uni, aren't they? Um, but back in the day, you used to use the old excuse of um, 
well, I've, you know, obviously the boys are playing FIFA. Used to used to walk into the uh, into the man cave you created for them. Get yourself going on FIFA, didn't you, mate? Very much so. A uh, big FIFA player I was uh, when I was uh, young enough to understand how to do it. It's got more complicated over the years. Um, my, I actually, my mate, I, I was in my, I, I was in my pomp at FIFA 15, I think. Um, I really was, I was rocking and rolling then. And my boys got me set up. I was nicely going. I think I was Wigan manager for a little while. I was certainly Millwall manager. I, I have no idea why I got these managers job. But anyway, um, <laughs> but I was still on FIFA 15 um, when FIFA 18 came out. Um, yeah. Which meant my squad was... Um, Marcus Rashford, I think, was 46. Um, when, <laughs> Can I when just give he... people an insight? Mike came into work one day when we was in the <laughs> office and he said, I'm really enjoying FIFA, but I don't know how to sign players. So he had, <laughs> so he had a team full of like 40-year-olds because he didn't know how to bring anyone else in. Yeah, I did. I, did, I had a bit of a wobble with, with understanding it all because my boys started you know, finding girls and drink and stuff. So they started leaving me on my own in the man cave. I was yeah. right sitting with me. I had new squads and new everything. But when they started to vanish, um, I was just left. And as I complete each season, I just started a new season with the same players. But of course, after about four years, they, they seem to age quite quickly in FIFA. They don't like go one year at a time. I mean, Marcus Rashford went from 22 to 42 in about two FIFAs. And, and yeah, my squad got slower. And then I, and I just got, and I, then I got bored. And, and then, um, and then I think oh, well, they, they had, a, I had a big update on it once and it blew the whole thing up. The boys had left out at home. So that's it. That was the end of your FIFA career. Obviously, now you can't get FIFA because you've got no excuse. I'm sure if you went to your, your lovely wife, Tracy, and said, I'm going to buy myself FIFA, she'd say, grow up, get a life. Wouldn't she? Um, well, she would, to be fair, and, and my yeah. boys wouldn't come home and not home to. I wouldn't have set up anyway, so I don't want the point of doing it. So, matter. I think you can kind of trace your age back to the last FIFA that you actually spent time playing, and mine was FIFA twelve. So that says a, <laughs> says a little bit about me, Stu. Obviously, you've made the mistake of having children. You're not now at the point of uh, being able to use that excuse to play video games because she's not old enough yet. Um, so you're very much in the wilderness years now of, of no video games at all because you haven't got time for that. Ross, as we've already established, in the uh, the fullness of youth, can uh, can enjoy uh, many, many more FIFAs yet. Um, Roscoe, you'll be getting it next week, won't you? Jumping all over yes. everyone. Yeah. The first when, when can I stop buying it? Like I'm 25, so I'm probably at an age now where I'm on the cusp of, should I, should I not get it? I just basically I, I stopped buying it because I didn't have time to play it anymore. That was the big thing. Um, so you, child free, oh, careless, yeah. in in, right in, in the flush of romance with with Sasha, I'd imagine you've got um, time to spare on playing such things. And we all cast envious glances your way um, as as members of the elderly community. Now the rest of us, um, so enjoy it while you can, Ross. That's what I say. <laughs> um, and look out, we'll, we'll do a we'll do a first look video next week when Ross gets hold of it, and we'll do um, some simulations of games and even a season mode, won't we, Rossi? Is um I did see on BT is Mbappe the, the the player on the front this year, yeah, yeah. See, I did see that, and I, I looked at it. I was on BT, so I looked at the great jealousy of the thought that I might actually be able to have one of those and know how to play it. <laughs> Before we move on from FIFA, can I just say that EA Sports I do not believe in the Renaissance. He is one of only three bronze players, I believe, in the Ipswich Town squad. Uh, Miles Kenlock being another. Um, it's time to start putting a bit more respect on Janoy's name. While Andy's not here, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak on his behalf. You know, the man came in last weekend. It's a really solid job. There he is. Really He's a rare job bronze. Scully. He's a rare bronze. What's a rare bronze mean? So it's just that's a that's a turkey, isn't it? A rare bronze. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's um, it's just a different sort of shade of bronze. 
So like Bailey Clements, this is this is bronze. So he's got the he's the worst player on the game for town. And then Genoi's got a different bronze. As you can see, it's a bit of a different shape mm. and it's more shinier. But um, it's just yeah, rare. Card. Can I just I can I just say as well how beautiful that St. Lucian flag is on there? Yes. Of course, based on you the see, famous. You see, this is why I lost interest in the end because I didn't understand all these bronzes <laughs> and light bronze, dark bronze. I mean, they were just players when I first was well, just basic players, and suddenly they bronze this and a bit bronze that. It's like like you were saying earlier, Mike. Back in the back in the eighties, players just played. You just want to play, don't you? You don't want to worry about Absolutely. who's bronze and who's light bronze and rare silver. Yeah, you and... could play a whole football manager season in in an hour. Just keep yeah. smashing space bar. Yeah, nowadays you have to. You need a degree to play football manager. Then you're setting up all your coaching staff. No, they've taken the, they've taken the fun out of it, haven't they, boys? Um, speaking of fun, Stewie, you did an excellent piece. Uh, I think it went online yesterday, which I enjoyed reading about Town's next five games. So I want to look at that now because clearly now Town have got a chance to build on the win at Lincoln. They've got two home games in short order: the classic Saturday Tuesday home game combo. An excellent advantage. Um, opportunity to get six points in the bag um and you look through the rest of the games in that five as well and my friend you were feeling positive um you didn't predict a single defeat as i remember so do you want to just talk us through your thinking on those five before we move on to something well, else i remember what i what i went for now um so sheffield wednesday at home on saturday i think i had that down as a draw um doncaster on tuesday night at home i had that down as a win you got the list there in front of you? I'm just bringing it up now, mate. So you said Sheffield Wednesday at home. You said 1-1 one, one draw. Yeah. Doncaster at home on Tuesday. You said, whoa, I like the sound of this. 3-0 win, Stewie. 3-0, yeah. Doncaster, bottom of the table. They, yeah. they go to Plymouth on Saturday. And then so they've got a long trip down to Plymouth. And then they got to come all the way up to uh, Portman Road on Tuesday night. I think that's a recipe for uh, for that. That will be the game. That will be liftoff on Tuesday, I think. Um, then we got Accrington away, which I think I went for another draw. Is that one correct? One. Obviously, Accrington not a happy hunting ground traditionally for town. You said one I had one. Accrington down as my dark horses at the start of this season. I said, yeah, difficult place to go. A draw. Shrewsbury at home. What did I say for that? Another win, didn't I? You said win 2-0. Another clean sheet. I like the sound yeah. of this. And then Cambridge away. I think I put that down as a 2-2 draw, I believe. So two wins and three draws. Is that, is that right? Over those yep. five games, which could be better, but I think that's a decent return. That will be nine points from five games. Um, you know, if you can get two points a game, that's a, that's a pretty decent haul, isn't it? So, uh, obviously, that would be unbeaten as well. So, I would be absolutely delighted if those those results came off. Um, just quickly before, you know, on, on the double header at home, I think I referenced in the last podcast about the um, the home double headers being so important. That 14-15 that season, they actually did it three times that year when they finished in the playoffs where they won back-to-back -back home games. I think they did it. It was Millwall, Brighton, early doors, Wolves, uh, Wolves and Watford in the middle of part of the season. They did it again towards the end of the season. Since then, it's barely happened, those back-to-back -back home games, be it sort of Tuesday, Saturday or Saturday, Tuesday. I think it just it feels bigger somehow, doesn't it? Because it's in front of your own fans. It's back-to-back -back and suddenly everyone gets really excited, even if you can get four points from these next two games. could be massive. Mm, absolutely a huge opportunity for town rossi um how are you feeling going into these this next run of games 
They're going to win them all, baby. They're going <laughs> to win them all. You've changed your tune because you yeah. were predicting nothing but defeats just a matter of a game ago. <laughs> well, fickle, aren't I? Fickle, fickle, fickle. Um, I think that win is the big one uh, against Lincoln. And I think we're going to make a big statement on Saturday against Wednesday to um, say hello to the league and say we're here and we're going to do well. Um, I think there's going to be some tough games in that lot, but I feel they're they're beatable. I think, you know, Doncaster, they're not doing so well. Um, I th- as Stu said, I think it could be a big win. I think we need to get a big win to uh, bring our goal difference up. I don't want to see any more 2-2 draws. I want to get a clean sheet again as well. Um, and I think, you know, Accrington is not a great place to go. Um, a long way to go, of course. Um, but I think we can get a win there. Last time we actually played them, we we won 2-0. Um, of course, Matt Gill was in charge that night. Um, and then, yeah, Shrewsbury and Game- Cambridge, they're, they're teams I think we, we should be beating. Um, so no, you're no five spectrum. wins. Five, five wins, five. Yeah. yeah, why not? Why not? So, you are so fickle, Rossi. Last week you were saying they were going to get tonked at Lincoln. Now you're saying they're going to win five games in a row. Yeah, get, fickle. Get talk of getting the goal difference up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, what I do hope, I mean, obviously you're doing the fan social later on today. I do hope, and I'm expecting a lot more positivity on the fan social this week because last week Town yeah. were getting relegated. Paul Cook was a joke. He had to he had to appoint an assistant manager because they do on on Football Manager. That was the reason for getting an assistant in. Uh, everything was just miserable. It was it was a shambles. Cook Cook couldn't manage a game. It was it was all over for Town. So I'm hoping a lot of positivity is going to going to flood in tonight, and I look forward to listening to that. Um, that that positive vibe. Um, I hope you've got a few of the, the people who were on last week because it was an enjoyable listen, but in a kind of what the hell sort of way. Anyway, um, and I enjoyed the strike. If you if you're missing the strike, the strike is now on the fan social. So get involved in that, and that's a, the perfect spot for it. Mickey Sheffield Wednesday this weekend. We, we've we've said it here now. This is a massive opportunity for Town to really make a statement against a big side in League One. A side you've got to say Sheffield Wednesday that they are also experiencing pressure. Um, from their fans, they've not. They've, they, I think they've won three of their first seven games, something like that. So they've not stormed it at all. There have been boos. Um, Darren Moore has been criticised. Um, so they'll come here under a bit of pressure themselves. Um, how are you feeling about this game this weekend? Well, I'm feeling. Um, I'm feeling very jolly about. It, to be honest, I think, <laughs> as I said, I haven't seen them lose at home yet, so I'm feeling uh, feeling good. Um, yeah, look, Sheffield Wednesday. You know, big club. Massive club now dropped out from Championship into League One, finding exactly what League One's all about. Um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult match for them. You know, they, they won't fancy come to Ipswich, Ipswich haven't won their first game. This is really, as I said before last pod, I think I was, I was all about Ipswich, really. Um, we talked about what it all be about Teddy Bishop and stuff like that when they played Lincoln. It's, it's, it's all about Ipswich. They've got that win now. You know, the crowd, it's going to be another, a bit, another big crowd, I'm sure. I mean, Wednesday will probably bring, well, probably bring 2,000, I would think. Certainly 1,800, they'll bring a they'll bring away sellout, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Wednesday will create a great atmosphere. Ipswich fans are always good on that on that, on that that situation. They, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be fantastic behind the team. Um, so I'm expecting, I'm expecting a victory. Um, I, don't, I don't think, well, it's not going to, it could be a little bit more nip and tuck, actually, than some of the, the free scoring sort of, shambolic defending, hopeless back-passing, sort of calamitous sort of um, defending we've seen in the last um, in few home games, but um, on the back of a win. And, of course, going forward, Stu was saying about his five predictions. I mean, I'm not quite as uh, bullshit as Ross. There'll be five straight wins. Um, but 
I think the secret is Morsey. Morsey comes into the side, doesn't he? Is it Doncaster he can play? I don't. Is mm -hmm. it Doncaster? Yeah. He'll walk. He'll walk straight into that side. I think he'll make a big difference to Ipswich Town. Um, Selina, I think, already has. Morsey, I think, is going to even more. So I think if they can get over the hurdle of Sheffield Wednesday, I don't mean a hurdle with a. I mean the small H, not a cap H, a small H of Sheffield Wednesday, i.e. pick up a win. Could be it could be takeoff time. It really could. Um, I've written my column actually for this week, which is going online later today. Will be about in the paper. Um, and actually, I I started off by saying, um, does it just feel like every game is massive? Because mm. it just feels that way with Ipswich Town at the moment. Every game seems to be massive from the first one, and here we are, what eight nine eight game? How many games in? And this does feel a very big game, doesn't it? Just just mm. to keep the momentum going. Feels about massive. Morsi coming in, that whole centre of the field could be completely different to what we've seen thus far. And it's been clear that some of the issues have come from there. But if Carroll takes his chance, and we don't know who he's going to go with alongside Morsi going forwards, but I, I liked Carroll a lot last weekend. He, there's that that Premier pedigree about him showed. He's very calm, composed. Him and Morsi, I think, could be a good little balance. And Selena in the 10, who we've only now seen for, what, hot an hour last weekend. So that's a brand new central three. Everything else around them was functioning quite well. They were playing quite well down the flanks. I think once the two centre-halves and the goalkeeper get settled a little bit more, this is still, as Cook and everyone kept reminding us, a brand new team and players that had come late to the party in the transfer window. So... It was hard to hear in the, at the peak of that frustration when we were living through it. And you just talked about that fan social. It felt like, you know, here we go again because of everything that's gone before. But mm. when you take a step back from it, and last weekend was a major step in the right direction. And if they can get some momentum going in these next few weeks, it could be really powerful. Mm. Rossi, going to come to you now because you've uh, this morning you've recorded a, a Meet the Opposition video with a, a Sheffield Wednesday fan, or I don't know, was it a fan journalist blogger? Who was it this time? Uh, it was the Sheffield Wednesday uh, writer reporter from Yorkshire Live. So he's uh, yeah covered Sheffield Wednesday for a while now. So he's seen them from the ups to the downs and everything. Yeah. Superb. That you just you just went into intro mode there, didn't you? From the ups to the downs, yeah, yeah, yeah. sights and the sounds. Um, yeah. So what was he saying about Wednesday? Just to give us a kind of behind the scenes look at them. Of course, they had a fantastic start to the season. You know, they went four games unbeaten, didn't mm. concede a goal, but then they've had a bad last few games. They beat, they lost one 0 against Morecambe, lost against Plymouth heavily, mm. um, and then they, they drew at home against. Um, Shrewsbury 1-1 and they missed a penalty as well so it's been a mixed bag start it's been some exciting performances but uh yeah probably not had the the last few games has not gone their way but uh they've got a good squad Sheffield Wednesday I like you know Berahino Ooh. you know once upon a time he was linked to big clubs and all that and you know he, he scored on his home debut for for Wednesday last week um, but he came off with an injury so maybe he may we'll find out if he's fit this weekend but mm. uh They've got Barry Bannon. He's their star man. So he's a player to look out for. He, he's a player who's got a lot of experience. Um, and just their squad, like Dominic Iorfa, you know, he was on loan with us and I'm a big fan of him. Um, che Dunkley in, in defence. So I think it's going to be more tougher to score this weekend. So McCauley Bond will have a lot of, um, could we have a lot of problems against those to, um, up yeah, top I in that I don't think McCauley Bond is going to be bulldozing his way through a centre-half like he did last weekend up against Dominic Iorfa and Che Dunkley, the two two centre-halves for, for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Bannon in League One is ridiculous, isn't he? He's, he's still still a very, very classy player. Um, 
like Ipswich, like you said right at the start, the expectations on them are, are going to be huge. And I've already heard Darren Moore talking about oh, we're on a journey and there's going to be some bumps in the road. And that was kind of a I was hearing sort of echoes of Paul Lambert over the last couple of seasons for Ipswich, just really sort of managing those levels of expectation. I mean, Wednesday have been in this league before, but that you're going back nearly 10 years since their little last stint in League One. So hmm. they're in that kind of come down, win the first few games, 100 points, 100 goals, we're all going on a League One tour. And then they've had their little reality check, um, as Ross said, in the last few weeks. So um, really looking forward to this game. There's going to be some... Some big players at League One, some big, some big individual duels all over the pitch. Cause should be mm. a good one. This is as big as it gets in League One, I think. Town at home to Sheffield Wednesday, as you say, players who probably shouldn't be playing in League One. Amazing. I'm really looking forward to it. Um Hutchie, I'm sure, is gutted to be missing it. But Mickey, you'll be enjoying it. Let's get on to predictions, shall we, as a way to finish the show. And we've all got a tremendous responsibility on our shoulders because Mr. Moneybags, Andy Warren, has given us a little pot of money each to spend as we see fit in million pound picks. He's been, he's been doing all right. Not too bad at all. We've all got five grand though to, to put on bets. So um, where are we going to go with this? Let's do the bets first and then we'll finish with a, with a score prediction. Um, although obviously score predictions may be part of these bets clearly. Um, I'm going to go first boys, my million pound pick. I'm putting five grand on a double. All right. I'm saying it's going to be one, one at half time. And I'm saying Town are going to score first. So Town score first, 1-0, and it's going to be 1-1 at half time. Five grand on that at 15.8 to 1 will net me a cool 84 grand, which uh, obviously Hutchie will be delighted with, and I'm sure he'll give me a pat on the head for, for returning that to him. Stewie, what, what are you doing with your 5K? I've got something very similar to you, funny enough. And I know I've already predicted a 1-1 draw in that piece that I've done, but my as per usual, as the, as the weekend nears, the opti optimism goes up a little bit more. Um, I'm going to go for a double the same. I'm going to go draw at half-time, town to win come the full-time. And that's five to one. Draw at half-time, town to win at full-time. No scores there, just basically outcomes. And what that's what was it? Five to one, you say? Five five to one. Okay, uh, so a nice little, nice little return for yourself as well. Uh, Rossi, have you got a, uh, a bet lined up earlier before we started rolling. You were lamenting you had to find the odds yourself. You just wanted to say something and I've just come up with odds <laughs> for you. Um, what, what, what have you got? I have been looking up during the recording. Um, if you watch on video, you, you'll be looking. I've been looking down, up and down and all that. Um, I'm going to go for two as well. I want to do first goal scorer, obviously Macaulay Bond. Yeah. And um, the correct score, which is my prediction, 2-1. Um, that is 25 to 1, and the return wow. is 130k. Big money. So that's that's McCauley to score first and Town to win 2-1. Yeah. That's that's a big money bet there. So we could be absolutely in clover here. Uh, Mickey, what, what have you done with your 5k? Obviously, normally you're used to carrying 5k around in your wallet, so it's not a big deal for you. Um, what are you doing? Well, it's it? not a big deal, but um, um, I'd like to sort of just in interject here that this is rather unfortunate that I wasn't on the last podcast, so I wasn't aware that this uh, 5k... Um, bet was going to be forecast on the next one. Um, and indeed, I woke up this morning to a text um, from Mr. Warren, um, who said to me, everyone's doing a five. I've given everyone a 5K to have a bet, except you, because you can just get 5K out of the bank and do it on what you want. <laughs> so I'll be taking, I'll be going to my bank tomorrow and getting 5K out on my way to, on Saturday morning on the way to the yeah. game. Yeah. And I'll be putting five. I don't know what the odds are, you see. So I can't, I can't tell us, but I'll be putting 5K on town to get the first corner. The first corner. Wow. 
So you're, you're, you're putting 5K of your own money, the bacon corner. My, oh, yes. Now, I'd like to make this clear. This is my own money, okay? Yeah. Okay, gamble aware, okay? But I, I've, I've got no choice. Otherwise, I'm not allowed back on the podcast. Gonna, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what, if this comes in, 5K on the first corner, there's going to be yeah. some serious inquiries, mate. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. especially, if, um, especially if Bond passes it back to, uh, to Evans, who then hoofs it forward, yeah. and, one, and the goalkeeper flicks it over his head over the bar for a corner. Yeah, there was. Was yeah. it the story, was it Letizia at Southampton, where there was a bets on first throw-in, and the, they took the kickoff, and Letizia just hoofed it straight into touchline straight away there you go then mike that's that's the way you roll isn't it the, the bacon wealth fund 5k mm. out whack it on first corner see what happens who cares if we lose it might as well set fire to it um, well, i'll probably put i'll probably put on expenses heathy so you'll be signing off yeah I mean, that's what I'm fine, saying is, absolutely it's all fine, part of the game isn't it absolutely fine of course it is right then, so prediction wise um i reckon town oh i, I say this every week i want town to win so i'm going to say they're going to win i reckon town are going to win 3-1. 3-1. It'll be 1-1 at half-time. Town will win 3-1. Um, Stuart, you've, you've already predicted 1-1. You're sticking with that? I am. Even though I've just put my, my money on Ipswich to win at full-time, I'm sticking with my 1-1. That is like an insurance bet. You know, when you sometimes people bet against yeah, absolutely. the outcome that they want. So that's my little insurance bet with the money, but my actual real prediction is 1-1. 3-1, Town win. 1-1, Stuart says. Roscoe, what are you saying? Obviously a win, because Town are going to win every game now, according to you. Yeah, my prediction's 2-1. And it, it worked last week of saying, you know, we're going to lose 2 against Lincoln and when they go on and win. So that reverse thing there. But um, it's not going to it's not gonna work this week. I'm going to go for a win and we're going to win. Blue Army. Okay, there we go. And, and Mickey, Mr. Positivity yourself. Um, you've got 5K riding on the first corner. Um, what's the score going to be? Well, that's obviously my biggest concern um, before I start <laughs> about the corner. Um, I really won't be watching too much of, of the you game. See, you see Mike get up and celebrate after a minute. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes, I, yes. I'll be. That is my biggest. That is my. I'll be my biggest concern the afternoon. But um, after the first corner's gone to town, and I'm obviously happy. I think town will win one nil, and I think it could well be um, uh, a corner that um, will come over North Stand end. I call it yes. North Stand end. You see, proper end, North Stand end. And um, I think Danassin, bang, one nil. Wow, wow. You should have. You should have added Danassin to your bet because the odds you'd get on that would be absolutely massive. Yeah, so. If, if Town get the first corner, Danassian scores after a minute. Look for Mike Bacon literally doing a mic drop and walking out. Just will waiting he, for everyone. Will he be in the box, though? He's a fullback. He'll probably be defending. He'll go up for corners. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mike's goal, I've just had a look. Do you know how many goals Janoi Danassian scored in his career? Three. In 241 appearances. Yeah. What, one. One. He's going to make it two Saturday, by the sound of it. You, you make it sound as though he's incapable of scoring a goal. He's obviously scored one. And, you know, it's just stats. Just stats are stats. Quite right, Stu. Stats are stats. Absolutely. There we go, then. So so look for Mike, as I say, doing a mic, literally a mic drop. If that, if that comes to fruition, first corner, town score, after five minutes, Mike will just walk out. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll just walk out and get my money and I'll leave poor old Watto to sort out the rest of, yeah. the, of, the, of the stuff for the afternoon because I'm, I'm going on holiday and I'll just collect my winnings and I'll just be I'll be halfway down Constantine Road before yeah. they play 20 minutes. Mickey will be off to Richard Branson's private island waving as he goes. Cash in um, a suitcase because clearly, <laughs> clearly you only do only deal in cash as well. 
<laughs> so that that has been tremendous fun, boys. It's been great to have Mickey with us, of course. All of us think Tanner are either going to win or draw. Um, no defeats being predicted. Fan social tonight, Rossi, who's on it? Who's going to be bringing the positivity to us tomorrow? David. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but then we've got Dazza, who um, I, I met once again in Lincoln on the weekend. Um, Segs, good old Segs. Um, I've forgotten the rest. I'm sorry for the rest. I've Do they have real names, these people? These are their nicknames, Mike. We work in nicknames, nicknames on this show, yeah. Like, like, David's like and Darren, you know, that's you know, that's a real name, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what's who's uh, Segs? What's their Segs? Thomas Seggins. Thomas Seggins. Thomas. Oh, I know. Yes, Thomas. Well, call him Thomas. Thomas. It's because we got we got too many Toms in in the fan social, so we decided we need different you know names. Uh, Dan okay. also is part of it as well, and Matt, good old Matt, aka Bono, aka View from the U two. Oh, he'll bring the positivity. He, he's yes. he's a he's a positive individual. He'll he'll offset the the angriness. I'd imagine that's inevitable when you get David on the show. Um, it must be exhausting being that angry the whole time. Is it? Is he just wound up like a ball of rage the whole time, Rossi? You know him. No, there's times where he is. He's a very cuddly man. So, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's all good. That's the perfect way to end it then. A very cuddly man. We're all very cuddly men. Ipswich Town are going to win this weekend. At the very least, they're going to draw. It's been tremendous to have you along with us. Any other business, boys, before I do the uh, the outro and try not to cock it up this time? Um, just going back to the new Wolsey production, Mike, you're going this week. I believe it runs until, well, I have to double check on this, 9th of October off the top of my head. So there's still plenty of time to get your tickets for that. Um. Yeah, go, do, go, do, and, do, go and get yourself do, down there. Do, do people stand up singing Blue Army, Blue Army, halfway through it or anything? It's uh, audience partici- participation is, is encouraged. I think Excellent. they want you to wear your football shirts. And uh, yeah, it's not your usual. Don't be put off by it. I think the guy said this in the in the bit that they did with Mark and um, Andy. Don't, don't think it's a stuffy theatre experience. If you're a football mm-hmm. fan that's never been... Get yourself along to this one. I'd imagine they will still take a dim view if you start shouting the referee's a wanker, though, Mike, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> well, no. oh I see. I didn't realize. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so try, try not to do that. But all of the chants are fine, obviously. Um, any other business from you two, Mickey and, and Rossi? Anything to say? Anything to mention? Um, well, not really. No, I do, I do think, this, um, as, as Stuart said, I think this is a massive game on Saturday. And I think, you know, six points in these next two games. And wow, that league table is going to look pretty different on Wednesday morning, isn't it? If Ipswich Town do get six points. Um, and suddenly we're going to be looking, we're going to be, looking, we're going to be mid-table looking towards the playoffs. Just like that. Rossi? And as it's Thursday, a bit of a throwback Thursday picture once again. Um, can you explain this, Stu and Mike? <laughs> I remember that well. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that was the, it was um January. It was bloody cold. Um and we had to go outside to, to film. You can actually see my old car in the background there. That blue <laughs> that blue Vauxhall Astra. Um they were great times. The lost tapes of Green and TV. Stewie, I remember once standing on a football in the in, in incredibly skillful style, punting one into the River Orwell as well. We went down uh, Stoke Park, didn't we, to film some segments. It almost involved me stacking it face first on the on some mud. Um, they were they were they were happy memories, boys. Good times we, indeed. We were absolutely years ahead of our time. You know, mm. it was extraordinary. You think of it now, some of the things people do with on we we're doing that 10, 15 years ago. I mean, I remember at the office we used to have television screens um, around the whole building. They used to put it up on the Friday afternoon after we'd done it for the whole of the staff to watch. Um, but that was very entertaining. We did, we did some. Well, that was good fun, Stu. Did uh, 
Yeah, we used to we used to laugh a lot then, Stu, didn't we? Yeah, they were the good times. Yeah, yeah, I mean, honestly, go back and watch that Green and TV, Bacon and Stew, because some of the things on those videos, if you look at calm, mild mannered Stuart Watson now, you'd say, wow, this is this is clearly a different individual. Uh, there we go. There he is. Um, <laughs> are they are they are those um, swimming goggles on your head? Yeah, because if, if you remember that um, Jed, Jed Woods obviously had ridiculous hair, but they also wore ridiculous <laughs> goggles as well. So Stu, <laughs> Stu, Stu went off. On, off camera, he was he was normally on camera, um, being the kind of sensible Stuart Watson. Then he vanished for a second, and off camera he was gelling his hair and literally pulling some goggles out of his swimming bag, I think, um, to whack on, and then came back. It, it again years ago, but but do go and watch it if you've not seen it because um, they're enjoyable times, just as they are now, boys. Who would have thought all those years ago that one day we'd be doing this soon to be award winning podcast all together, uh, and I'd be presenting it. Who, who knew? Who could see that coming? Anyway, um, thanks for joining us today, everyone. Please remember to support our sponsors, Manscaped at manscaped.com. Use the code KOA for 20% off and free delivery. That's the code KOA for 20% off and free delivery. And also, as Stewie says, get your tickets now for Never Lost at Home from the New Woolsey website. It starts at £10 a ticket. Can't say fairer than that. Uh, and that runs until, as Stewie said, I think October the 9th. Thanks very much for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed yourself. It's a huge game this weekend. Absolutely massive. Follow it with us. Mickey, Stewie and Roscoe will all be there. And then on Monday, we'll be sitting here gloating about how town season is well and truly up and running with the biggest victory of the season so far. Have a great weekend, whatever you're doing. And we'll see you again next time. True crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.